Before you listen to this podcast, you can subscribe to The Critic magazine with the current offer of three issues for just £5. Head to our website, www.thecritic.co.uk, to subscribe today. Hello and welcome back to The Critic podcast. Where does the Labour Party stand on trans rights? Is fear of being transphobic now putting the party of Barbara Castle and Jenny Lee at odds with mainstream feminism? In this podcast, the feminist campaigner, writer and former Labour Party member Joe Bartosz talks to The Critic's political editor, Graeme Stewart, about how the gender battle is shaking up British party politics. Joe, you've written for the uh, online edition of The Critic this week about the Labour MP Rosie Duffield. Uh, Rosie Duffield has found herself at the centre of a storm. What, what is her transgression? Well, she, um, she liked um, a tweet by Piers Morgan, um, which um, shouldn't, shouldn't be enough in itself to, uh, to, to warrant a pile on. But um, he had quote-tweeted uh, CNN, who had referred to women as individuals with cervixes. And one of her sort of eagle-eyed, um, Stasi-like um, constituents um, pulled her up on it and accused her of being a transphobe and suggested that she needed booting from the party. Um, and in response, she said, what for knowing that only women have cervixes? Now, I mean, it's. I think it's really illustrative of of how far women's rights have been pushed back. That saying something as um, you know as obvious as only women have cervixes um, is now a, a a point of contention. But of course, that statement doesn't include those who don't identify as women who have cervixes. Um, and um, and that's that was her supposed transgression. Um, and um, I think she's um, she's received um, a lot of praise um, from those who have been absolutely desperate for somebody within the Labour Party to speak out about this and also a lot of criticism. Um, from my point of view, um, I'm actually slightly irritated that, um, that rather than making a positive statement somewhere where it might have made a difference, for example, you know, in Parliament, she's, um, she's just been caught out for liking something a bit politically incorrect on Twitter. Uh, how unusual is her experience? Is this part of a pattern of behaviour of targeting particularly uh, Labour MPs or has um, she just done, as everyone in public life appears to do these days, occasionally uh, start an unintended Twitter storm, which will pass uh, as people's limited attention span goes on to the next uh, outrage? It's, um, I, mean, I mean, trans activists online um, are, are quite a sort of significant force. Um, I think um, her experience isn't unusual. So um, it's it's not just online that this has been happening. So, for example, three years ago, there was Anne Roslow, and she was a women's officer in Bexhill and Battle. So uh, a lesbian, a lifelong feminist, trade unionist for 30 years. And she was pushed out of her role um, as women's officer, and the entire executive committee resigned alongside her. Um, because she was bullied by trans activists for, unsurprisingly, refusing to accept the idea that some lesbians have penises, which is a sort of logical endpoint of, um, of identity politics with regards to sex and gender. Similarly, there was Jennifer James. Now, she um, protested against and started a campaign to try and keep all women shortlists actually for women rather than for men who identify as women. And similarly, she was, um, she was booted out of the party. She was vilified and suspended. 
Um, then there's been Linda Bellos, who's a lifelong um, black, lesbian, <laughs> and, and Jewish, um, so ticks a lot of boxes, and um, she was kicked out the party. Venice Allen, she was also kicked out the party. So, you know, there's been a concerted drive for the past few years to, well, purges, if you like, of, um, of, of women who step out of line. Who's, who's leading these purges? Are these individual activists in uh, Labour constituency parties, or is it coming from uh, the leadership uh, downwards? Where, uh, is, is the leadership taking any stand on this, or is it just leaving individual members uh, to, uh, to fight their own battles? Um, to be honest, I think the, the leadership have been incredibly weak on this. Um, so, you know, you've got, and, and indeed sort of quite established MPs, you've got um, Jess Phillips, who calls herself a gobby feminist, who's kind of stayed silent on the biggest feminist issue of our time. Um, and then Wes Streeting today, I think, you know, he, he tweeted in um, in support of um, Rosie Dossfield, saying, you know, she didn't deserve to be mobbed online. Well, he um, was uh, apparently created a, a list of um, suspected transphobes. And it's it's still a problem now. So um, you know that was a couple of years ago, but it's still a problem now. So Karen Ingala Smith, um, who runs quite uh, a large women's organisation, she applied to rejoin the Labour Party earlier this year, and her application was rejected on the grounds that she was apparently transphobic online. Um, so in effect, the the Labour Party have been really weak on this. I think. I had assumed it was perhaps something to do with momentum or, you know, to do with the sort of far left elements that um, that have joined the Labour Party in recent years, particularly under Corbyn. But um, but I don't think it is, actually. So when you look at it, you've got sort of web streeting, you've got um, peers like Michael Cashman, you've got some quite long-standing and well-established people within the Labour Party pushing this absolute nonsense. And I think part of the reason they do so is because it's sort of the default, nice, let's be kind, liberal position. Um, and I don't think they've really thought about it beyond sort of sloganeering, really. Um, but obviously, um, um, when, when, when you think about it, when you look at, for example, the impact of saying trans women are women, and then you have male-bodied rapists in women's prisons, it becomes a little bit more complex. So I think um, telling, telling people that they're hurting a vulnerable minority the, the thinking or questioning is, um, is a dirty but a very effective tactic. So, um, but of course, once you start to question and ask, well, what is a man or what is a woman, the whole charade unravels very quickly because when you take away biology, you're left with subjective feelings, which are based on 1950s stereotypes. So I think that's sort of part of the the push to silence and to shame um, anyone who raises this um, is because it's um, it's based on on such absolute nonsense. So you've got politicians like Nadia Whitome, um, who said you know debating the issue itself was dangerous. Um, and I think um, there's something particularly about uh, about the Labour Party that means it's an ideal breeding ground for um, for this sort of thing because obviously it's it's got a history as as promoting liberation struggles and liberation groups, you know, quite a proud history in many respects. Um, but um, but transgender rights are perhaps a little bit like pie in this regard. Um, they're not progressive, but have sort of attached themselves on to um, to the rights of lesbian, gay, and bisexual people. Joe, you you were a member of the of the Labour Party until quite recently when when you resigned um, on on this issue primarily. 
Um, when did, in your own experience, when did you start to notice the the transgender becoming uh, a, a very significant factor within Labour Party discussions? So I think what um, what did it for me was um, uh, a um, well. I think whilst I, whilst I can still call him a man without being arrested, I will. Um, so there was a 19 year old women's officer elected called. Um, uh, Lily, formerly Liam uh, Madigan, and uh, he'd be quite obnoxious to, um, to 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 women online. It was really not a not exactly a, a shining example of um, of a of a young prospective politician. Um, and Angela Rayner um, tweeted that she was going to keep the green benches warm for him. So I kind of got this feeling that the Labour Party were absolutely desperate to have a sort of token transgender. MP, just as a sort of, you know, apotheosis of how, how woke they were. Um, and um, I think that that was the moment. Um, and he was responsible in part for um, for some of the complaints against Anne Ruslow, um, the, uh, the woman I mentioned earlier who was bullied out of Bexhill. Um, and I think it was at that point, and I, I met with the prospective parliamentary candidate um, in my constituency, and um, she just didn't understand the issues. It was it, it, it was bizarre, um, and she wasn't prepared to to listen to them, um, or, or even to sort of constantly. There was just no attempt to um, to even meet halfway, um, which was incredibly frustrating. Um, and to be honest, I think as well something about the Labour Party. So having positions such as women's officer and all the rest of it, I think in principle. It's um, it's obviously driven by by something that is a need to have more women in public life, and you know, a recognition that there is a sort of democratic deficit, if you like. But those sorts of posts are obviously going to attract transgender women, um, or indeed men who call themselves women, because it's very validating for them. So, um, and it, it, this is a problem within lots of um, lots of similar roles. Um, you quite often get um, transgender women putting themselves forward. Um, because it's sort of, you know, personally quite validating. And I, I'm very um, intrigued by something you said earlier about how the um, the, the interest and support for, for trans rights, it, it's not a, you know, Corbyn momentum on one side and a, you know, Starmer um, or mainstream, if one can call it that, uh, um, uh, side of the party taking a different view. It, it, it seems to blur and transcend both both sides in in this uh, in 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 the party. Um, is it your sense that that many people who would traditionally be or consider themselves to be feminists, nevertheless, they're they're attracted by the argument that's made that you know trans rights is the great cause today as uh, as gay rights were in the past or you know, the or equal rights for for women uh, as well and that uh, anyone therefore in in the labor party or or indeed beyond the party who is against trans rights is, is a reactionary standing in the way of people's right to express themselves and their lifestyle however they would wish yeah i mean i think there's um a sort of uh, one of the problems with um with, with feminism as a movement is um obviously there's no single definition. But I suppose the thing I tend to ask myself is who benefits? Um that's a pretty good 
um, rule to live by. And it's clear that when it comes to um, the admission of some um, of those who consider themselves transgender women into single-sex hospital wards, into prisons, into um, into services that have previously been um, there for women, that's that's not progressive. That then starts to look a lot like well, men's rights. And the reason those services exist is because men are, on average, more violent and more likely to, you know, commit sexual assault. Um, so 98% of those um, convicted to sexual assault are male. And that's not to be disparaging towards men. That's just a fact. So um, I think once you sort of start to, to look at cold, hard facts of it, you realise that it's not about... Um, it's it's not about sort of, you know, the rights of those who consider themselves to be trapped in the wrong body, which is of course scientifically impossible, medically impossible. It's um it's about a sort of men's rights to, to, to access women's spaces. Um so yes, obviously there are there are those who call themselves feminist on, on both sides of this debate. Um, but, um, but yeah, I think that's kind of my benchmark is who benefits. Well, uh, Keir Starmer has said that the Labour Party is under new management. Has he brought any focus or clear guidance on, on this issue since he became leader? No, I mean, yes, he's, um, you know, it would be lovely to see him doing perhaps something similar as to, um, as to his approach with regards to, um, um, to the issue of anti-Semitism within the Labour Party because misogyny is absolutely embedded. Um, and um, peculiarly, I mean, whilst I, I said it wasn't sort of focused on on any particular um, faction within the party, there does seem to be more of um, more youth support for it. So I can see, in a way, um, they might consider it a an easy an easy vote wing enough because um, I think if you if you haven't got the life experience to know why it's a problem, it's an easy one to get behind. So with regards to to Keir Starmer. Um, so during the uh, leadership race, um, Rebecca Long Bailey and Lisa Nandy both signed um, a pledge for trans rights, um, which um, which notably Keir Starmer didn't. He signed another one instead, and he has sort of come out with the usual trans women are women type, but um, but he um, he's been a little bit more measured about um, sort of going both feet in, um, and I suspect that's probably because. You know, as a lawyer, he's he's aware that there are legal implications to um <laughs> to, to to statements like that. So you're you're expecting a, a a bit of fudge really from from the leadership, uh, and if that's the case, presumably the um the viciousness that that's going on in, in the party more widely will will continue as as both sides try and press their claim. Yeah, I mean, I think they're both sort of, yeah, I think effectively um, all parties actually to some extent, because I don't think it's just a problem within the Labour Party, though it is, um, I think, obviously, for the reasons I outlined before, um, more pronounced than the Labour Party. But yeah, I think um, I think it'll be a case of fingers in his ears and, um, you know, when um, uh, the Gender Recognition Act amendments are dropped, as they're probably going to be, um, I suspect then he'll be able to, you know, blame it on the Nazi Tories um, without actually committing to anything himself. It's an interesting question for uh, feminists to ask themselves who on this issue they should really vote for. Um, it, it looked like under Theresa May's government that the uh, Conservatives were moving towards reforming the, the Gender Recognition Act to uh, make it much easier uh, to, for the law to uh, uh, tie in with, uh, with self-identity. Uh, uh, and, and then with Boris Johnson, perhaps uh, not everyone's obvious 
um, emblem of a feminist, but uh, with Boris Johnson, the, the Conservatives seem to have rode back from that. Um, but the, the Lib Dems and the, the Scottish National Party seem to have nailed themselves uh, very firmly away from um, uh, what, what we might call more traditional feminist view on this and, and towards uh, a trans rights uh, view. Uh, firstly, is, is that um, generalisation fair? And, and secondly, if it is fair, um, uh, what, what are feminists beginning to think of in, in terms of, of, their, of their political choices? I think that, um, that many feminists um, feel absolutely let down by, um, by the main political parties. Um, and interestingly, um, each of the main political parties now has um, a women's group of supporters um, who, um, who are campaigning to try and um, just sort of, you know, inject some sense um, with regards to the trans debate. So there's a, a Labour Women's Declaration, there's a Conservative Women's Pledge, there's a, a Green one and a Liberal Democrat one, there's even a Women's Equality Party one. Um, so, yeah, they have started sort of, well, we have started to sort of mobilise outside of um, outside of the, the, the mainstream political parties um, because um, because we feel absolutely sort of disenfranchised, absolutely sort of, you know, cut off from them. Um, with regard to the Liberal Democrats, they've um, they've doubled down on um, on support for um, transgender transgender rights, also called transgender rights. So, um, Lynn Featherstone last year, um, she um, said that uh, feminists weren't welcome if they um, if they opposed the reform of the Gender Recognition Act um, within the Liberal Democrats. And um, obviously, then there's Leila Moran. So um, she uh, considers herself pansexual and um, claims to be able to see the souls of transgender people. That was um, that was something she actually claimed in a debate in um, in Parliament. Um, so um, yeah, so obviously they're they're not an option. Um, with um, with regard to um, I mean, to be honest, it, it is a problem within the within the Conservatives as well. But I think something that's increasingly happening is um, is uh, so you've got like standing for women um there's a sort of new group um been going for a few years who um uh sort of have started to uh, speak at speakers corner on a regular basis just to try and get the word out there because it feels like sort of political options have been have been shut down um then there's um women's place um so they sort of pushed for for quite a long time to try and get the gender recognition act to be um, discussed openly because nobody in Parliament had the guts to do it, um, and I suppose the, the the thing it keeps keeps making me think. I mean, I can't help thinking anyone who is still any woman in the Labour Party at the moment must be a bit of a masochist. Um, so there's a, a a quote which I rather like from Susan B. Anthony. Um, so she was a women's rights campaigner in the U.S. around about 150 years ago, and she said. No self-respecting woman should wish or work for the success of a party who ignores her sex. Um, and I sort of think that's, um, that's something we're seeing more and more. More and more women are sort of just turning their back on, um, on mainstream parties, sort of trying to, to lobby them from the outside on this. So there, there is a, a danger that uh, for many women they, they are actually going to uh, not necessarily disengage from politics, but disengage from party politics. Absolutely. I think, um, I mean, to be honest, I have, I don't know, I have no idea how to vote in the next election. And, um, and, and most, most women that I speak to of similar opinion um, feel very much the same. Um, it's 
yeah, it's, um, you know, and that's from being a, a sort of, to be honest though, in, in some respects, um, having sort of broken away from the Labour Party over this issue has made me question other issues, um, which, which I'm, I'm rather thankful for in a way. But, um, um, but yeah, I think, um, I think each, each party has been very much captured by the trans lobby. Um, and I find it absolutely bizarre, this claim that there was sort of vulnerable minority when, you know, um, every, every corporation, every protest movement, every political party has trans rights at the centre of its agenda. Um, it's, um, it's really quite strange. Well, strange times indeed. Joe Bartosh, thank you very much for sharing your experience. Oh, thank you for inviting me on. Lovely to speak with you. If you've enjoyed listening to The Critic Podcast, why not subscribe to have the magazine delivered to your door? Subscribe today with the offer of three issues for just £5 by heading to our website, www.thecritic.co.uk.